The Las Vegas Raiders have partnered with the global lifestyle app TrueConnect to give the gift of wellness. Transform your mind, body, and soul through thousands of hours of premium fitness content, guided meditations, progress tracking, and more. Visit tcfree.fit to redeem one free year of TrueConnect exclusively for Raider Nation. Welcome to Raiders Roundtable, presented by America First Credit Union. I'm JT. There's Eddie Pascal and Lincoln Kennedy going to join us in a little bit. A tough loss. Raiders lose 3-0. I know that score sounds bizarre. It was a bizarre game. They lose to the Minnesota Vikings in a game that it's going to take us a while to describe. Uh, Most of it was a struggle on offense, but the Raider defense came to play, and they had a really good chance to win that game. Yeah, 100%. And look, it's not what everyone wants to hear, JT. This Raiders defense, again, 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 in big, bold letters, played an outstanding game of football, and unfortunately the offense not able to muster a single point, and that's why we're sitting here 5-8 and eight on the outside looking in. Yeah, I can't believe that the Raiders couldn't get in field goal range, couldn't kick a field Didn't even goal, attempt. Didn't no even attempts. attempt a field goal, didn't score points. Especially coming off the bye week, it was completely unacceptable on every level that the offense struggled that much. Tip your cap to Brian Flores, Kevin O'Connell, the Minnesota Vikings. But they didn't score till under two minutes in the final portion of that game there. And the Raiders had a chance to come back, maybe tie it up and win the game, and they came up short. And, Eddie, the timing of the loss is brutal because of the way the schedule sets up. Chargers on Thursday night, we'll get to that. And they would have had a long time off before the Monday Christmas game against Kansas City. I was really expecting 7-7. Seven and seven. We didn't even know Justin Herbert was going to fracture his finger there. I thought it all set up beautifully for the Raiders, and they didn't take control of the opportunity. Yeah, I mean, you're 100% right. I mean, we talked about the opportunity. Uh, we talked about it last week to be 7-7. Seven and seven, Everything kind of fell your way. And I think, JT, you hit the nail on the head where, you know, thinking about this game, going into this game, we expected a little fireworks. We expected yeah. some theatrics. We expected, you know, uh, not wholesale changes, but a little something-something when you got two weeks to get ready for an opponent and unfortunately we didn't see that again the defense came to play but the offense unable to really do much of anything for a full 60 minutes the offense didn't do anything and that's what's shocking to me I really expected more as we take a look at some of the points of the game I won't say highlights because there weren't many but the defense came to play and I thought the defense was in a position where they were ready to go they were fired up and on the opening drive of the game on this play here Aiden O'Connell has all day and they pick up a critical Critical first down here as they threw to the marker, something that aggravated me the rest of the game. He had the time there. The offensive line was protecting. And Eddie, the push here was smart. I think they should do more of that with Aiden because he's a big guy. And they were... They were milking the clock here. Yeah. I thought they were going to come away with multiple points. Yeah, I mean, 100%. I think what's interesting, too, JT, is we see kind of some of the, I, I want to use the term, like, contained aggression, if that makes sense, yeah. going for it on that fourth and one. Not playing out of yourself, but having your kind of foot on the uh, on the throttle. But we didn't see that over the course of the rest well, of the game. Well, there was a holding penalty yeah, that, that took penalties it to again. second and 18, and then the sack here that put the Raiders in mm-hmm. a really tough spot. And I, I thought the problem that I had most of the game was, The Raiders only had two passes of over 15 yards, so they didn't either have time to attack. But look at this. Uh, Jones almost with a pick six. He potentially could have had that play here. He really, I loved his body language yeah. in this game. You could tell Ooh. right there that he got his hands almost on the ball, and we're talking about two great receivers in Hawkinson and Jefferson, and they were pretty much neutralized. Yeah, I mean, obviously Justin Jefferson leaves the game early, unfortunately, due to injury. Glad yeah. to hear he's doing better and, uh, and back in Minnesota, but all the same, man, where it's going to be the constant theme tonight, or this afternoon, JT. This Raiders defense came to play, and it wasn't just Max Crosby, no. which was great. It was Max and the other 10 guys out there, so very, very positive uh, note for Patrick Graham's crew. Yeah, Tyree Wilson had a good game. Yeah, he, he did. Sure did. I I liked where he, he sure liked, I liked how they moved him around here 
But on another critical fourth and one, uh, Josh Jacobs able to pick it up. And look, the game's 0-0 the whole game. Yeah. So I don't have to look yeah. down at the score. <laughs> I'm all right looking at yeah. this. This is the first quarter yeah. where the Raiders pretty much lived the entire game at midfield. And once they got something going, the pressure here on Aiden is pretty intense here. And this is just a rookie moment, Jason, yeah. right there. Yeah. Well, what's bothering me here is that they're at a point in the game where Devontae it, they aren't getting 50-50 balls yeah. there. I'm not saying you have to throw it into triple coverage here. We know Devontae's going to be double covered here, but look at the defense. Look at Max again. We'll talk about him later on in the show where he's over 50 sacks career-wise, and that number's going up quickly. But every time Joshua Dobbs tried to get something going, I thought the Raiders did a decent job, and when he did try to run the ball and get some yardage, it never hurt the Raiders. No, and I think what was great it, it was there was a response for each air quotes big play, because like, let's be honest, the Minnesota Vikings offense yeah. was not that blowing the gates off the uh, the uh, field there at Allegiant either, but there was a response for every moment that the Vikings had. Again, Max Crosby, look at Tyree with some pressure up the interior. A lot of guys, JT, a lot of names getting involved in the backfield on Sunday. The pressure was good. Look, was really Dobbs, good. I was surprised, too, that Kevin O'Connell didn't have more Jalen Hurts design runs for him. Yeah. Because he was spreading the Raiders out, and he was doing the Raiders favors by holding on the ball. I thought if he just tucked it and run a few more times, they would have picked up more first downs. Yeah, and when we saw that, right? We saw it in the uh, earlier in the pack, where when he gets out, he's an athletic guy, right? Yeah. He can do a lot of things. So to your point, I'm surprised Like uh, they didn't play to his strengths a little bit more in that aspect. That was the big hit by yeah. Epps across the middle there, and he just laid the lumber to Jefferson, and uh, Jefferson was pretty banged up. And that's how you're that. supposed to do it, though, right? No flags. That is how you're supposed to do it in the NFL in 23, JT. Yeah, and then on this big fourth and two play where they're able to pick it up, and get a first down here. You know, you tip your cap. We're seeing Justin Jefferson leave, and it was a serious injury. Had to go to the hospital, and happy he's okay. But still in the second quarter, 0-0, and I was trying to think, this is when the Vikings are going to try to get three and then get the ball the second half and get seven. I call that the Andy Reid special, and the Raiders did a really nice job. Here's the missed field goal as that was 5.30 to go in the game, and the Raiders got good field position. This is another example of... After this, I, I thought, why not attack? Deep shot. Take a deep shot here. And there's another example of a ball that completely missed Hunter on a third and one. Is that the best play to run on third and one? I'm not saying you got to run the football, but instead of throwing an out route where Hunter's body's turned around, how about just Hunter cutting it inside where I think it would have been open by a yard or two? You know, and I'm sure we'll talk about the struggles on third down all afternoon at Allegiant, but we look at that third and short, JT, mm-hmm. uh, two fourth and ones mm-hmm. where the Raiders got it pretty seamlessly yep. running the football. So now it's easy for us to sit back here and dissect. But yeah, run the ball, keep it simple. It doesn't have to be overly complicated. Yeah, you see Raiders here, the lowest scoring NFL game since 2007. It's the lowest scoring game ever indoors which I didn't need to see that last night on the late, late Sports Center. History, but it was a huh? struggle. History. Yeah, history, <laughs> uh, not good history here. But for the Raiders, uh, that was another penalty. But look where they have the ball here with 116 to go. This is at a point in the game where you think Vikings are going to get something. And Mad Max Crosby with the play of the game on third down because they only needed about six or seven yards for a field goal to get that momentum going. And Max once again to the rescue. Look at this bull rush, not giving up. Dobbs still wants to keep running. Runs right into Max Crosby. And I think the important thing to note on this, JT, Max Crosby, a man who is very clearly and openly not playing at 100%, and he's still giving this effort, snap yeah. in and snap out. I mean, we can. there's only enough good things we can say about 98. Yeah, I wasn't happy at the end of the second quarter. I don't think they made a made an effort to get points on that. I thought that was super conservative mm-hmm. with so much on the line. Here's the Spillane play, the big play there. Now we're into the third quarter, and the Raiders are getting pressure on Dobbs, and there's a penalty on this play, but... 
I look at the flags in this game. Some of the flags hurt the Raiders, but never to the point where it was going to do the Raiders in. Mm-hmm. And the Minnesota had a couple of flags that really hurt them where they were trying to stay on the field and gain first down. I mean, we can be honest with you. If we were sitting here in the third quarter, this was not a pretty football game. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, uh, And we see Hunter Renfro here getting out in space. Wow. Good to see him uh, kind of do his thing again. Third and Renfro again. Unfortunately, I'm sure the next play we'll see will not be the one that, we, uh, that he will want to remember. But, yeah. man, uh, when he's rocking, it's good to see. And on this play, again, I'm not a big fan of throwing the ball behind the line of scrimmage. I don't get it. They like it around here. They're doing it awful, uh, awful amount of times this year. It's a physical play. Hunter gets hit hard. The ball comes out here. And I thought Hunter did a decent job protecting the ball, yeah. but it was punched out again, which seems to be prevalent around the league. If you can't stop them, try to punch it out, and it worked well. Yeah, it sure did. And it just, you know, you think back now, you say, gosh, they were in field goal range yeah, at that, that point. Even just, you know, just fall down and, and kick the field goal. But, you know, we live in a world of, of reality, not what, what could have, should have been. Uh, Aiden again here on another opportunity. This pass to Trey oh, Tucker. This is tough, man. This is tough because James Jones talked about it, and you'll hear, you, you got to make this catch yeah. if you're him. And Aiden did a nice job here avoiding pressure seeing the man open downfield it's just another moment this year Eddie a moment of inches you know third down it seems like we're short half a yard play like this feet are in but bobbling the ball it just it's one of those seasons where if a couple of more of these plays were made clean I think the Raiders have two more victories and they'd be playoff bound or in the hunt I mean especially in a game like this JT where we talked about this is an ugly football game this is a game of one or two explosive cl- plays can clearly change the entire scope of the game unfortunately uh, the Raiders not able to make that one uh, I thought the Vikings did a better job at least trying to make it Explosive plays. Yeah, the Raiders fair. really didn't. The Raiders were throwing underneath. This is a That's big a drop by too, Michael yeah. Mayer, too, because he only had two targets in the game. Mm-hmm. He had one reception. This is the second target there, and that would have been a first down. And Aiden was under a lot of pressure here, and he threw the ball perfectly. And Michael's got to hold on to that. And look at the Vikings punching that out. That's Textbook. all Textbook. Brian Flores preaching that, and they punched it right out from a really good pass catching tight end. Yeah, and then we're seeing here uh, Nick Mullins comes into the game. Uh, Nick Mullins, gosh, if you're a Raiders fan, man, no. seeing this guy is not uh, no good no good news there but yeah I mean they just in a game of inches JT the Vikings just made one or two more plays and you know look at the score three nothing that's that's all it took well, that was to me one of the biggest plays of the game because I don't know how you leave Hawkinson yeah. wide open on a third down I mean that's the one guy you got to guard because Jefferson is out of the game but they threw they threw to the marker on this play and this is when you knew the Raiders were going to have to start thinking of timeouts and stopping the clock because the Vikings got into field goal range and the clock was to their advantage here on a third and 12, look at Max again in the stop here, but then a chip shot field goal that gives the Vikings the lead. Yeah, and I think part of this day too, JT, is you know, we look at the final book and the Raiders defense played 72 defensive snaps. Yeah, That's a lot. I mean, there's only so much you can ask from this group, and you and I have talked about it a bunch. It feels like they're over-indexing a lot of these guys in 2023, but there's only so much you can ask. And three points, you hold the team to three points, you've got to be able to win that game. Well, this was a gut punch. This was just yeah. a bad mistake that Aiden didn't see the backer on the inside here. Devontae makes the move move across the middle there. You have got to see that. Look, as we look at this, Devontae's on the outside uh, on first down. He makes that head fake move. He's open if there's not a linebacker sitting in that window. And that is coaching again. Mm -hmm. And that is a rookie quarterback as the linebacker just jumped in there and made an easy play. And a very easy play 
because Aiden didn't, I don't want to say he didn't do his film study. He probably did. But to have the opportunity at that point in the game, you cannot make that throw that starts off a drive that gives you an opportunity to win the game or tie the game. No, 100%. Bad mistake. And I think what's interesting, too, there, JT, you saw the facial expression. You saw the confusion. And I'd, be, I'd be curious to know kind of what he saw, kind of his process ultimately that ended up in that interception. Oh, the Raiders had one last chance here for a Hail Mary late, and uh, they throw it underneath. This usually never works. But once Devontae got past the 50, they made the play there, and then they tried to get it back to Michael Mayer. There weren't many guys back there. There were three guys yeah. back. To beat after that. And Michael Mary, you're going to need two of them to tackle him. That was an interesting play at the end. Did you have Greg Van Roten with a reception on your bingo card, JT? I did not have that, but I also didn't have a 3-0 shutout here. As we look at the stats here, the fact that the Vikings had less than 100 yards passing, but the haunting stat for the Raiders all year, look at third down. Three of 14 on third down, three turnovers. Zero turnovers for the Vikings, and the Raiders just can't get out of the way of themselves on offense when it comes to third down. Eddie, third down has been such a giant, stressful moment for this team. They, they have no confidence on third down. They don't have plays that they're efficient on third down. They don't know if they want to run the ball on third down. I think they should have started playing for two downs on third down unless it's really they're backed up. It would get to the point that any time off the 40-yard line or getting to midfield that this team's better off playing third down as two downs because they just can't do it, and it's haunted them this year. And the reason they lost this game is the offense – couldn't get anything going, and the defense played at a playoff level. Yeah, I mean, you and I have talked about this before throughout the season, JT, is especially with the Antonio Pearson company now, you know, be aggressive. Like, to your point, let's see a little more of that razzle-dazzle. Let's see, hey, let's be a little more willing to go for it on fourth down. Let's see what we can do. Fake because punt. Yeah, because what do you have to lose? And I mean that with all due respect. What do you have to lose at this point in the season? Let's get creative, let's be aggressive, and let's go win a football game at home in front of our fans. Raiders had an opportunity, and they blew it. They had an opportunity to win and put themselves in a really good position. Still on the outside looking in, but a lot more momentum. There was no momentum. Even Minnesota barely had any momentum, but someone had to win the game. It felt like a 0-0 game, but Minnesota gets ahead 3-0. When we come back, he called the game with Jason Horowitz. The great Lincoln Kennedy will join us with his analysis. We'll look back on what he saw and look ahead to the Chargers coming up on Thursday night. This is Raiders Roundtable. Time now for one big number, and it was an easy one. Oh, man. Zero. Math. When you score zero points, you can't win the game. I do know that much about football. I don't know. If the other team doesn't score zero. Well, you can't, somebody eventually. I think you have to go by yards score. or something. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I just know that wasn't good. And look, Antonio Pierce knew it wasn't good, um, and he never has missed his words. It wasn't good enough. Everybody's going to be evaluated. I don't really see how going back, this is just my opinion, to Jimmy Garoppolo would be a good option at this point. I know you want to win games, um, but you also are looking towards the future. When you're five and eight, you're looking towards the future. You got to see, just like he said, yeah. Aiden O'Connell's going to have good and bad. This was a bad. Do you go off of them and not give them the opportunity to have four more games to show you a, more, a larger sample? No, you don't. And you don't mess with the young fella's confidence. Yeah. You know, it's, it's going to be ups and downs. He is a rookie. Last time I checked, he's a rookie. So he's getting used to this football game. He's getting used to really good defensive coordinators like Flores throwing some different looks at you and bringing some different blitzes at you and all that. Like, he has to get used to this. So taking him out and putting Jimmy G in and Jimmy G not necessarily being the guy that you 
you want at the quarterback position next year. There's no need to put the young fella out right now. Let him go. Let him go through his growing pains and figure out, you know, how to move the football. Point blank period. Yeah, I, I agree. I think Flores is a different type of coordinator. I mean, he's going to throw things at you that you really haven't seen from the first quarter to the third quarter and fourth quarter on. Uh, he's going to grow. Aiton is going to grow with this. He's done that every single opportunity. He's always kind of matured faster, processed faster. So the next couple of games, he's not going to see this type of defense, and I think he's going to get back to playing well. Now remember, the first half of the Kansas City Chiefs, he was playing as good as Patrick Mahomes. No he was. Right? Two he weeks blow ago. Blow for blow. Right? Blow for blow. So now all of a sudden, because he's faced a coordinator that is experienced and has a, enough uh, capabilities to be able to give him some trouble, we're going to throw him to the curb? Oh. No. He had a quarterback rating over 100 against the Chiefs defense, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. That's something yeah. that you can build on. That's an overall bad performance by the offense as a whole, and it starts with the OC with Bo, and yeah. it starts with the quarterback, it starts with the receivers, O-line, running backs, all of them. And just one final point, I think, is when you're talking Talking about how frustrated Coach AP seemed and looked, it's because they had a bye week. Yeah. And he thought that he was getting together an offensive game plan that yeah. would work, and it didn't. And that's what's causing this frustration. Like, we had 10 days to really get this thing going. We and thought we had a great what, plan, yeah. and that's what we had. So yeah. that's where that frustration But not only that, he knows. It's, it's two things in this league. You win. And you lose. Or you lose, right? <laughs> and we losing. I don't care if it's 3 nothing or 33 nothing. Right. We losing, right? So, so we got to find a way to get some Ws. The crew from Raiders game day, welcome back. And Eddie Pascal joins me, and we bring in the great Lincoln Kennedy on Raiders Roundtable. And Lincoln, that was a terrible performance by the offense in a game that the Raiders had to win. And as Eric Allen said at the end, I want to get your comments. Coming off the bye week, they needed to be much better, crisper, they had no identity. I don't know what they were trying to do all game. How'd you see it? Well, first of all, it's good to be with you guys. I, I will say this. You know, what we saw um, at, uh, against the Raiders and the Vikings was a sort of conundrum that I go back to the offensive line. It's the, it's, it's the fact that you don't have as much confidence as you would like in the offensive line going forward. Look, the, the offensive line has had a hard time running the football has a hard time protecting the quarterback. When you're going up against a front like the Minnesota Vikings that have potential with their front four to generate pressure, on top of that, you have an aggressive defensive coordinator. You have to put in the mind, if you're Bo Hardigree, you're thinking in the, uh, in, during the bye, bye week that I need to get the ball out of Aiden O'Connell's hands. I need to get the ball into my playmaker's hands as quickly as possible. That's why you saw a lot of those tunnel screens, those bubble screens, because those – to me, guys, are nothing more than um, a, a, a elongated runs, mm -hmm. sweeps outside. That's what those are. And that's what you're trying to do is trying to find a way to get the ball out of your quarterback's hands as quickly as possible and into, into your playmaker's hands. Now, to the detriment of the Raiders, it just didn't work out. Defense played beautiful. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can't really ask much more for your defense. Offense didn't show up. And I think this is going to be the growing pains that you're going to see from here on out. Um, to me, guys... It's not a quarterback issue. I, 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 I say that wholeheartedly. It's not a quarterback issue. I think Aiden O'Connell can play on this league, in this level. I think you need to surround him with the right offense, and more importantly, you got to get him the right protection up front. You know, Link, just sticking on Aiden for a second, I'm, I'm curious from your perspective, where you, you look at what he did yesterday and, and kind of a, the totality of his up-and-down rookie season – 
in terms of yesterday in particular, what's that balance between, hey, this is a rookie quarterback out there, but also may, you know, he's not seeing things maybe the way that we want to see. Like, how do you kind of find that middle ground of, of uh, kind of identifying what we saw yesterday? That's a process, Eddie, that's going to take some time. Here's the mm-hmm. thing. You, if you're Aiden O'Connell, you're a rookie quarterback who's trying to win a job, trying to secure a job. You already have what, you, you know, the, the, the organization went out and got Jimmy Garoppolo. They went out and got Brian Hoyer. Then they drafted you, and they said, you know what? You're going to sit on the bench, and you're going to wait for your time to come out and play, and then eventually you're going to play behind these two veterans. Well, the the, the time is now. For Aiden O'Connell, the pressure becomes as you walk into an offense, you've got one behind you, the last year's NFL rushing champion, and and and, and, Jaco, and Josh Jacobs. Mm-hmm. Then you've got a receiver like Devontae Adams, as well as another receiver as Jacoby Myers. You want to get the football to Hunter Renfro. You got you drafted a high-profile draft choice out of Notre Dame, Michael Mayer. Well, you didn't draft, but the organization. Can you imagine Eddie and JT as a quarterback having the plethora mm-hmm. of playmakers around you and like, well, how do I get the football to him? You only have one football. You only have one football. And this is the pressure that you're putting on a rookie to come in there and win football games in the midst of the Raider Nation. Everybody wants success for the Raiders. And you're, as a quarterback, get drafted out of Purdue. You want to have success. You want to be that guy, obviously, of the organization. There's a lot of pressure on that young man's shoulders. He's got to play football. And the only way he's going to play football, he's going to take his lumps. There's going to be some good times. There's going to be some bad times. It doesn't always uh, equate to wins. But for for Aiden O'Connell, he's got a plethora of receivers and people that he can get the football to. He's got to find a way to do it. That's going to take some time and understand the balance of how it works. All right, I want to follow up on this. I don't understand why it's so difficult to run a seven-yard route. I don't understand how difficult it is to be in the shotgun. Get the ball out two steps. You're not taking another four steps. The ball just comes out and someone is open seven yards. Someone's open. Now, if you're telling me Devontae's double-teamed and you've been very vocal about them trying to find and force-feed Devontae, I get that. But in this game, Devontae didn't even have a chance on third down for 50-50 balls. Take away the interception at the end. That was a horrible throw, really bad decision. I don't know what they're thinking, throwing such a short. What what was the goal with one timeout under two minutes to go to run a three-yard in route? I don't know what's going on to even run that play. My issue becomes simply this. Was there enough motion from your opinion? Was there enough plays where it looked like there were crossing routes, which you and I talk about every week, where it should be easier for the quarterback to see someone kind of open, wide open, or say it's single coverage, I'm going to go let him make a play, and that would be Hunter Renfro. Okay, um, that's a well-loaded question, JT, <laughs> as you always do, my friend. All right, so let's start. Let's break it down in, in piece by piece. Let's start with the crossing routes. In order to have crossing routes successful, you got to have an offensive line to protect. And, and you can't have your right tackle or your tackles take two steps and try to cut their defensive line or their, their responsibilities because, l- let's face it, if the ball's not out of your hand, your quarterback's going to take a shot. That's what I saw a couple times yesterday. This is a work in proce- progress. And and the thing the thing that goes back to me, especially for crossing routes or taking that deep route, you got to have confidence in your offensive line. I don't believe the Raiders have confidence in their offensive line. I don't. I I, I don't. Mm-hmm. And I and I stand by that point because the thing is, is that when you look at Aiden O'Connell's game plan last year, I mean last last week uh, against the Vikings, after the bye, Aiden was trying to get rid of the football. 
He wasn't trying to hold on to football, mm-hmm. whether it was a tunnel screen, whether it was a hitch, whether it was a stop route. We don't have enough in our offensive arsenal to sit there and quantify that. And then what I mean by that is we don't see that enough. There hasn't been enough. Teams have done it against the Raiders, but the Raiders have not progressively done it for themselves. So I think that's a work in progress. So to answer your point, JT, where was the seven-yard hitch? Where was where is the, the, the stop route just to get it, the ball out of your hands? The defensive backs that are playing against number 17 are looking for that. Mm-hmm. And right now, the Raiders, as, as many de- – look, I make it a point to talk to defensive coordinators and defensive coaches around the league because I want to see what they – I want to know what they see against the Raiders. The Raiders don't take enough deep shots. They don't. They don't chest the waters like that. They don't. And so what you have and what you saw against the Minnesota Vikings, if you go back and watch that film, JT, look how many times there was a deep safety. Look how many times there were two deep safeties. In the past, you had to respect that because you had a safety over the top. When you had a press corner against number 17, you had a safety over the top that was going to double cover, bracket coverage, the corner, the the, 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 the Devontae Adams. That interception that you saw against the Minnesota Vikings, the reason why that happened was because the linebacker was bracketing Devontae Adams. Right. The safety or the corner was off the off the off number 17, and the linebacker was sitting underneath for the slant route because they've seen the Raiders throw slant routes before. Aiden O'Connor has to learn that either that slant route is open or it's not, and you got to get away from it right now. Yeah, I that's think- a learning. Yeah, I mean, 100%. I mean, we talk about it. Just a frustrating day for this Raiders offense. And I think made all the more frustrating because of how well the defense played. I mean, we look at what the Raiders defense did, Link. The three points allowed, courtesy of our friends at Raiders PR, the three points the Raiders allowed were the fewest the team has allowed in a game since week 15 of 2012. Yeah. So, I mean, give Pat, we, we've talked about Patrick Graham a lot on the show, the three of us. He is, whatever he's doing, he's working. It does not seem to matter who the, uh, the personnel is in there. But, I mean, gosh, Link, we talked about earlier, there's only so much you can ask of this defense. And Pat Graham's group, from Max Crosby all the way back to the back end, they did exactly what they needed to do, and they played well enough for this team to earn a win last night or yesterday afternoon. Eddie, coaches coach, players play. What you're seeing right now, as far as the defense is concerned, is a perfect complement from coaching, of philosophy to player execution. That's what you're saying. Look, you you know, you look at guys like Max Crosby, you play out of this gore, but more importantly, you've had other players who have risen to the level of energy and competitiveness that number 98 Mm -hmm. has performed out of their football field. You know, look at Malcolm Coombs. Look look at Tyree Wilson. I mean, look at these guys, and I'm just throwing off the defensive line guys, but look at, you know, we we talked all year about what Spillman has been able to do. How about the play of Marcus Epps? Mm -hmm. How about the play of, uh, you know, of of Maury? I mean, these guys have played well. The defense has played well. The offense has not carried. Now, look, for us Raider fans, part of Raider Nation, you guys are all part of it as well. We can sit there and go back. When's the last time we had this conversation about defense? (laughs) (laughs) That's my point. Coaches coach, players play. Now, it's got to be a point where you get them on the same level. Look, you know, prior to the the sort of the um, uh, the, the turnover of coaching, um, you know, from where you were to where we are right now, you had a philosophy that was trying to be and put and still in place. Now you have to get away from that and go, 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 you know, somewhere else. It's going to take a while. And, and it's not a it's not a pretty thing. Look, last last week's loss was ugly. Three nothing to the Vikings. OK, it is what it is. But this is still a work in progress. And I challenge anyone who cannot see 
the the golden lining between this team. This team has potential. They've got everything they need. They just need to fine tune it with a couple pieces here and there. To me, I think it starts with the offensive line and offense and defense. There's a couple spots we'll talk about as, later as well. Yeah, they're looking at these stats: five sacks, eight tackles for a loss, twenty-four Ooh. quarterback pressures. The hurries at eleven. You know, Link. We went back to round table. Maybe the first JT, one JT. The kid. The the, the key to that mm-hmm. turnovers. Yeah. Turnovers. Yeah. yeah. None. You can't turn over the football. Yep. The you know, if you're in the offense, you can't turn over the football because you're struggling. The defense didn't get any turnovers. That's the key. Now, when you look at those stats, and I'm not a big mm-hmm. stat guy, mm-hmm. but when you look at the stats, to me, what stands out is turnovers. Okay. First and foremost, and more importantly, the critical penalties. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. penalties, to me, slow momentum. They stop momentum. I've always felt that as an offensive player. When you have a holding, I don't care where you are. It is hard to overcome. Lincoln Max had another big game. couple of sacks. He's in the hunt for defensive player of the year. When we look at all of this, NFL man of the year he was nominated yep. for. Big deal. I want to say before we get to some of the highlights, when he came out of the tunnel with two flags, the UNLV flag, the trooper flag for the two troopers that were killed and the three individuals at UNLV. I was proud. I was proud as a season ticket holder and working for this organization to see him come out double-fisted with the flags, giving it to the representatives there. I said, man, this sets the stage. Max is doing something. It's an honor within that locker room. He's a captain. He's leading the team out of the tunnel after a horrific week in Las Vegas where lives were lost. And that's how it started off. He plays the game. Now he's climbing the all-time sack leader position here. There's Greg Townsend, number one, Howie Long, number two. Max is eventually going to get there. But what difference did you see from the injury and the severity of it, Lincoln, to now getting some time off of the bye week and him being explosive again? What would you say? You you know, when, uh, honestly, JT and Eddie, you can't put a – I, I don't think you can put a label on the energy in which number 98 is playing him. He is the reason, the incentive that a lot of people in this team have risen past their playing ability. Look, the thing is, is that the the, the energy is contagious and, and, and the effort is contagious. And when you see him going out there, that's the reason why I can say, and 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 with a, a, a stillness in my breath, you know, Malcolm Kuntz has played better. You know, Tyree Wilson has played better. You know, all the guys on defense have played better. More importantly, the energy of this team has played better. Look, you know, we 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 went into here's the thing, JT and Eddie. We walked into a situation in Las Vegas that, in all honesty, I don't think a lot of people ever expected to happen. That they were going to get sports. And how was it going to be when they got sports? And look at the energy level, and look at what it's 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 proven to the city of Las Vegas. JT, Eddie, you guys live there. Mm-hmm. You see it every day. What has sports brought to them? And now it is so contagious to where you see a Sunday afternoon in the fall where people are expecting to go to Raider games. People are expecting to see this team play. Now it hasn't been the home field advantage that we've seen in other places, but I think it'll get there. Once the Raiders turn this thing around, I think they're going to get there. And so it 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 starts with the administration, the upper uh, hierarchy. Then goes down to coaches. It goes down to players, and that's what you're seeing. You're seeing people fall in love with Antonio Pierce. You're seeing people fall in love with players of this team, other than Max Crosby. And because of that, you're seeing the the community, the neighborhood, the city get behind this team, the country get behind this team, and we're going back to the good old glory days of Raider football.
Very well said, Link. And I think you brought up a great point where, where Max is now taking guys with him. And we heard that coming into training camp where Max said, look, that's the next part for me in my development. I, I want to be the best version I can of myself, but now it's time for me to start bringing all my buddies with me. And he has elevated not only everyone on this defense, like not only this defensive line, but it feels like this entire roster goes as Max Crosby goes. But sticking on the defensive line, the guys in his room, I mean, what did we see from Tyree yesterday? I think yesterday was the most explosive, the most dynamic, the most, okay, this is what it's supposed to yeah. look like from Tyree what did you see from him well Eddie I tell you what it was refreshing because I have been answering questions all season about Tyree Wilson you know the expectations look when you get drafted in the top 10 there are high expectations every fan base doesn't matter what team you're playing for every fan base expects you to be the 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 new savior of their program and and that's what the draft does with the NFL but you know for this 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 past game and coming out I think I've said this before Tyree needs to have more snaps, just like Aiden O'Connell. You got to have snaps on the professional football level because here's the thing: if you're Tyree Wilson and you're playing that that that, that side, that tradition that you're playing, if Max is on your left or the offense's right side, and you're on the the offensive left side, you're p- arguably playing against the best offensive lineman that that team has in the left tackle. You're not going to have gimmies. It's not going to be easy, and he has to learn how to play. So coming out, uh, Eddie, I think he's playing better, uh, as well as Malcolm Kuntz. I think they're finding their way, and that's going to be something that you're going to develop and continue to develop as you go forward. Raiders on third down on offense is the number one failure of this entire team. It got a head coach fired, got an offensive coordinator fired, and going forward, the team was worse than any game I recall with the former regime. On offense. So it, they had all week to prepare for it. I don't think they have a play. I don't think they have a concept. I don't know what they want to do on third down. And as I've talked to Eddie about this, what concerns me is there's so much pressure, Lincoln. When I'm in the booth with you behind you and you're calling the game, and it's second down and they come up short. And they're only short by a yard and a half. It's kind of too much to run the snake, even though they can. And now it's third and a yard and a half, and you're in the shotgun You're in the shotgun, so you're five yards deep. You really got to go seven yards. Jacobs is lateral to the – it's so hard to pick up a first down. And then I watch the rest of the league, and for other teams it's easy to do that. Throwing the ball behind the line of scrimmage is very dangerous because it's third and two, and that took a lot of work just to run that play, Lincoln. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. Here's the thing, and and as you move forward – Again, I go back to the offensive line. The inconsistency of the offensive line limits you as what you can do. The inconsistency as well as the I, – I, I, I say it's inconsistency, but there's more of left the overall execution of the offensive line leaves you to wonder what you can do. It's not as simple as just backing up and throwing a – you know, a quick out or, a, you know, a sideline route. The thing is, is because you have such press coverage, because you don't have that threat of the deep ball, you don't have guys that are going to respect that, that are going to give that. Until you challenge where you're challenging that secondary, you know what? I'm going to take a shot. It's third down and two. I'm going to take a shot. I'm going to take a long shot. I'm going to take a go route. I'm going to take something like that, a seam route, because you haven't shown that throughout the season. Defenses aren't going to respect that. And you have corners that are going to go up, JT and Eddie, and they're going to play ultra aggressive against your slot, your tight end, and your outside X and Z receivers because why? 
You haven't shown, shown the threat that you're going to throw it over the top. Until you put that part of in, into your offense, you're not going to have that ability to really get those quick uh, quick throws for a, a quick first down. More importantly, you also think about the offensive line play. When, if you, often, you don't have the confidence in the offensive line, you're not going to call those plays. If you're an offensive coordinator, you're not going to call those plays. Mm-hmm. I don't want to put my quarterback like that. I don't want to get my quarterback hurt. So you got to figure out other ways of doing it. I agree with you, JT and Eddie. Third down has been a challenge. That's why I've always said throughout this season that the Raiders have got to stay ahead of schedule. They've got to mm-hmm. get some uh, positive yards on first down to set up second and third down and short. At least third down and three is manageable to where you can open up a number of things. It hasn't proved well for the Raiders because the offense has not been as consistent as we would want it. Mm-hmm. And it's your point, Link, about not seeing some of those deep shots. And that's something JT and I have talked about a bunch. Is like, just let it rip, right? Especially at this point in the season. But Link, were you kind of surprised by, I don't want to use the term static, but how we didn't feel like we got any of that razzle-dazzle. We didn't get any of that exciting, uh, those play calls. We didn't get any of that dynamic dynamicism is that the word I'm looking for uh coming out of the bye like it just felt like we were all expecting more on the offensive side of the football in terms of the play calling and we just didn't get it if I'm Bo Hardigree not coming out of a bye there's only so much I can do it's only so much time we came out of a you know the game before with Kansas City we lost the game and you're trying to prepare for a game that's a winnable game against the Minnesota Vikings I don't know how aggressive or how open I would be if I'm an offensive coordinator. Sure. If, if if I'm both, you know, the, the the thing is, is because you don't know the product. And and here's the here's the key thing: you don't want to get what possibly will be the future hurt. And what I mean by that is you don't want to expose your quarterback, who might be your future, to a lot of hits or potentially hits, or expose him to the opportunity where he's holding on the football. Now we've seen tremendous growth out of Aiden O'Connor throughout the year. I still think he's a quarterback that can play on this level. And I say that because as we approach next year's draft, personally, I don't think the Raiders need to go after quarterback. I know there's a lot of quarterbacks out there, and I know there are a lot of people in Raider Nation who will probably disagree with that. I don't think they need to go after quarterback. They've got far too many other holes in other parts of this team they need to address with the draft. That's just my thing. We'll get into that later. But if you're an offensive coordinator who's trying to win a job and trying to do what's best, the things that I'm thinking in my mind is exactly what I saw in that offensive coordinator call, uh, uh, that offensive performance last week uh, against the, the the Vikings. Get rid of the football. Don't hold on football. Put in your playmakers and let them make plays. Things are going to happen. These are things that are going to develop. Unfortunately, we're talking about developing a team in December rather than September or August or January or, you know what I mean, that, that type of thing. Unfortunately, that's what we have to deal with, and that's what you have when you have coaching changes. Lincoln, speaking of this, we'll wrap it up with the coach and what they're going to have to do by Thursday because the Chargers are defeated. They're in a tougher spot than the Raiders, and they're separated by the game that the Chargers won in the tiebreaker over the Raiders. I cannot even believe we're talking about this. I cannot believe that that game ended 3 nothing, and what it could have done for Thursday night and how Thursday night could have given this team an extended bye week for Kansas City without Justin Herbert. Now you got to right. play. You've been in this position before. Tough loss. Short week. Give us your expertise on how they deal with it today, tomorrow, before Thursday night. I'm expecting the Raiders to come out hungry. Mm-hmm. I really am. As a collectively, as a team and an organization, I'm expecting them to come out hungry because the thing is, JT and Eddie, I think they let a very huge opportunity slip through their fingers. They had a very winnable game against a very winnable team, and they let it slip through their fingers. And now they are on the outside and looking at everybody else at the AFC, and they know. Their back is against the wall, and they have to win. I expect them to come out hungry, 
to come out thirsty, to come out and play with an edge. That's what I expect against the Chargers team. Plus, they owe them one. Chargers aren't a very good football team. The Raiders shouldn't have lost the first week yeah. against them, you know, the first time against them. But they're, but here's the thing. They, but here's the problem that has been in this division. They've owned the Broncos. Now the Broncos, the second time is going to be a challenge mm-hmm. sure. for the Raiders because the Broncos are playing well. They haven't had an answer for the Chiefs, but they have been split city against the Chargers. Mm-hmm. And they let one get away from the first time. I expect them to come out hungry and handle the Chargers this this Thursday. Yeah, I mean, JT mentioned it earlier too, uh, Link. It looks like Easton Stick will be the man under center for the Chargers. Who? This kind, of, yeah, exactly. who <laughs> exactly? I mean, the, we heard from AP earlier and he said, "Look, obviously, you don't have a ton of regular season film uh, on him. We're going to go back and watch the second half from yesterday while also going back and looking at the preseason. What kind of challenge does that does the unknown present for Patrick Graham's defense on Thursday night?" Well, here, here's the thing I would say, Eddie and JT. If I'm in that locker room, I'm not saying the challenge that this other team presents. I'm challenging every individual in the Raiders' locker room. How are you? Tell me what type of player are you? Are you the player that's going to stand by and let a hapless team come in and beat you? Are you the, like you did against Minnesota? Minnesota didn't have an answer. They struggled at quarterback. They made a switch to Nick Mullins in the fourth quarter. The Raiders have never beat Nick Mullins. <laughs> that's what I said yeah. on the air. I don't think they've ever beaten Nick Mullins. And all the teams that he's played, the Raiders have never beaten it. You let a virtually unknown quarterback beat you. Where's your pride? That's what I expect. That's the challenge that I expect to the Raiders organization. The players, that's what I expect. I don't give a damn about the Chargers. I don't care who you're playing on the side of the ball. What type of player are you? Show me what you're made of. Thank you, Lincoln. Short turnaround for you, too. Safe travels. We'll see you Thursday night. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. The great Lincoln Kennedy. When we come back, wow, Kansas City, Buffalo, what that game looked like, and a little prep looking at the schedule Mm -hmm. going forward as we continue on Raiders Roundtable. Thanks for coming back to Raiders Roundtable, presented by America First Credit Union. Thanks to Lincoln Kennedy. As always, Kansas City-Buffalo, that has been the marquee game in football. You had Philly and Dallas, the Niners and Dallas. But to me, the last three years has been nothing bigger than Josh Allen versus Patrick Mahomes. And for Kansas City to lose that game at home on a controversial play, I talked about it late last night, and this was a game that was a shootout. And this is a good quarterback Buffalo has, and they were under a lot of pressure from their coach's comments, Eddie from 2019. They had to win this game to stay alive, and they played like it was a playoff game. Yeah, I mean, it feels like. Sorry, guys. It feels like we saw the best version uh, of the Buffalo Bills yesterday uh, at Arrowhead. And, man, I mean, they are an exciting team when they are rocking and rolling. Josh Allen, I mean, is ex- ex- explosive, exciting, whatever adjective you want to use. And, and it doesn't hurt that they took down an AFC West rival. It did. And, you know, for that, if you were doing the math and trying to keep an eye on that, I, I didn't care because Kansas City, I don't think anybody's going to track them down in the West. And we would have been ad- we would have been one game behind Buffalo after beating the Chargers and the Vikings. And Buffalo would have had the tiebreaker. I know that's a lot of shoulda, coulda, woulda podcasting, but I was in the building. That's what I was thinking. I'd say if the Raiders win this game against Minnesota and Buffalo loses, uh, the Raiders have another team they could jump over eventually for that final wild card. But here comes the play, the controversial play at the end. You know, Tony lines up offsides clearly. Kelsey makes the catch again, flying free, throws a beautiful ball, and if Buffalo lost this way, No way McDermott survives, in my opinion. In my opinion, he doesn't survive. Kadarius Tony lines up offsides. 
and Mahomes. This is some of the poorest sportsmanship I have seen. Mahomes is doing that fake fight, hold me back, hold yeah. me back, like it's a baseball game. What is he going to do, fight a ref? They, they had to hold them back. And for Mahomes and Andy Reid, especially Andy Reid, who I have tremendous respect for, future Hall of Famer, to act like they can't have that play called against them. Like that play could be called in Las Vegas, New Orleans, Carolina, but Kansas City's too good to have offsides called against them. You just don't do that. Their attitude was, you don't do that to us at Arrowhead. We understand we were offsides, but you can't call that play. That's some of the weakest sportsmanship I've seen from that organization. Simply put, JT, there is a rule, and the rule was broken. It wasn't even close. And I understand, Patrick, oh, the outrage, and everyone's so upset about this and so, so upset about that. There is a rule in place, and the rule was broken. What, what is the expectation there, right? To your point, like you are not holier than thou. You are not bigger than any of the 31 other teams in the NFL. A rule's in place. The rule was broken. It's unfortunate that it happened in, at the point of the game when it did, but you broke a rule. I use the sports analogy. Imagine if that was a playoff game in baseball and there was a balk. And the runner on third and the pitcher balked. And Bruce, Send him home. Bruce Bochy would come out and say, I know it was a balk, but you don't <laughs> call that on us. You, don't call, you can't say that. And Andy Reid yeah. with the straight face. Yeah. And Mahomes did it. So as we look ahead at the upcoming schedule here, Kansas City, it's going to come down to Kansas City and Denver as Denver's doing a really good job climbing out of the hole here. But the Chargers on Thursday night, then a long break. We go from the 14th to the 25th. That's set up beautifully for the Raiders. Last time, two times the Raiders played Kansas City, they were up 17-0 and 14-0. Indianapolis, we'll see what happens there. And then looming the final game of the year where the Raiders could play spoiler most likely against the Broncos. I think the hardest part about this, JT, and I know we've talked about it a bunch, is you live in the world of coulda, woulda, shoulda. Yeah. A touchdown, JT. A touchdown changes the trajectory. Two field, goals. A two field goals changes the trajectory of the 2023 Las Vegas Raiders. And it's unfortunate, but it is it is what it is at yeah, this So point. what's at stake here? If the Raiders beat the Chargers, they'll be ahead of the Chargers there going forward. And then the Broncos... Broncos are at New England. They should be able to pick up that win. Uh, you look at the rest of this and where the schedule comes up. I, I really think this is a point in the schedule where Lincoln said it, p- play for pride. Yeah. We're going to learn a lot about this coaching staff, Hundred percent. a lot about this locker room by the behavior we see coming out of the tunnel again. Have Max lead everybody out of the tunnel again. We know what we're going to get from Max. Be ready to play. Be ready to play in that first quarter, get the crowd into the game, and reward the Raider fans with a victory in prime time. 100% our way out, JT. Like, everything we know and everything we've seen about this locker room, this crew's going to be ready to go. doesn't matter sure. if you're eliminated. doesn't matter if you're on a nine-game losing streak, nine-game winning streak. Max Crosby, Antonio Pierce, they are going to have these guys ready to rock Thursday night at Allegiant. We weren't planning on this type of podcast. We were hoping for a win, let alone the score. But Raider Nation, we appreciate you on all our platforms, especially on YouTube, all over Raiders.com. Thanks for joining us again. Lincoln Kennedy for Eddie Pascal. I'm JT. Short week. Have a good one. And we'll see you Thursday night at Allegiant Stadium.